Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 68 of the SCO Show, probably a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair, a different big chair. On Tuesday night, yes, this is dropping on Tuesday night, January 20th, 2020. Why? Because I am down on site for the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. The first day of practices are in the books, and I thought it was time to hop on the mic and, and try to report on some of it. Now, you probably have already seen a piece from me from earlier today when I talked about the weigh-in. It's hard to say that somebody won a weigh-in, but Javon Kinlaw probably did. He's a massive human being, and let's just say it right now. He's not getting to 23. I hate to break it to you. But I did a piece on the weigh-in. You can check that out on patspulpit.com. Now I'm going to talk about the quarterbacks and the tight ends. That's the two position groups that I focused my attention on today. But before we do that, your usual reminders, please do follow along with the hijinks on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Probably going to want to follow along this week for updates and things like that for all things Senior Bowl. Also check out the work of places like Inside the Pylon, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, and not one, not two, but three, count them, three SB Nation websites, including Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, and right here at Pat's Pulpit. Now, we'll start with the quarterbacks. We'll start there, and I know that's probably not the position of most importance, although it might be, depending on how Tom Brady's situation unfolds. But I did want to start there, and we'll start with we'll start with the three guys on the North squad. And the three quarterbacks on the North squad, you've got Anthony Gordon, you've got Jordan Love, and you've got Shea Patterson. Now, these were the guys that went in the afternoon session. This was the session coached by the, the team coached by Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions. And let me just say at the outset that in the annals of at least now five, yes, five years that I've been coming down here, there have been some teams and some coaching staffs that have led some interesting practices. We can just put it that way. A lot of special teams, a lot of stretching, you know, there were the Jacksonville Jaguars a couple of seasons ago that did that. Hugh Jackson's Browns did that. And while, yes, those are all parts of the practice experience and special teams is the third phase of the game that's important, we're here to evaluate other players and other things. And so the stretching sessions and all of that stuff makes the evaluation process a bit difficult. I just wanted to put that on the record. But let's talk about, we'll start with Anthony Gordon, who was a quarterback, as I said on the Senior Bowl quarterback preview show, I was excited to see in person. I thought he has, and I still think he does, have a lot of potential. And even with the frame of reference that Tuesday at the Senior Bowl is a baseline day, it's to see where these guys are now and to see how they sort of develop over the week, see how they take to coach and see how they get used to throwing these new guys and running a new offense. And in Gordon's case, perhaps taking snaps from center for the first time. Gordon struggled at times. Now, his release, I think, is still crisp. It's quick. It's fantastic. The ball pops out of his hands quickly. If you were worried about arm strength, today's performance probably didn't alleviate those concerns. On some deeper throws down the field, out routes and things like that, the ball seemed to hand in the air a bit. It was windy, but it did seem like he, he struggled with the deeper throw, so I'm going to be curious to watch that over the next couple of days. And in terms of timing and rhythm and anticipation throws, I thought that was an area where he didn't really perform as well as I was hoping to see. 
Now, part of it, there were, there were some route miscommunication issues. There were times when he threw one route, receiver ran another one. Um, but I'm curious to see that stuff going forward. But a bit of an up-and-down day from Anthony Gordon. I thought Jordan Love was fine today. Um, certainly has the velocity. You know, measured in extremely well, 10.5-inch hands. That's going to check a lot of boxes around the league. And he certainly can zip it. And I think that he did show some things sort of in the boot action game, the Detroit Lions, that coaching staff, they did a lot of stuff using that portion of the playbook. I thought Love handled those plays pretty well. You know, he had some nice throws down the field. He had some good zip on throws in the intermediate area of the field through a very nice dig route at one point in the practice. And so I think he had an okay day. You know, it, he certainly didn't hurt himself, I don't think. You know, it wasn't sort of the you know, over-the-top type of performance that he might have been hoping for. But I thought it was a solid start to the week for Jordan Love, and I'm curious to see where he goes from here. A quarterback that, you know, I was a bit interested to see how he was going to fare down here. While he had some moments on tape, he probably wasn't the best of the quarterback prospects last year, and that's Shea Patterson from Michigan. I thought he had a pretty good day. I know in reading on the timeline, some people have thought, you know, maybe it wasn't the best day from him. Maybe his draft stock was hurt a little bit today. I came away kind of impressed with what he did at times. And part of it was, you know, well, Gordon struggled on anticipation throws, and to some extent, Jordan Love struggled on their, those anticipation throws. I think he handled them pretty well. I was impressed with some of the timing and the rhythm and the feel that he had for some of these routes. You know, he missed on some throws. You know, maybe the velocity isn't up there with a Love or, or certainly a Justin Herbert. But I thought on the whole, Shea Patterson didn't have that bad of a day. And I'll be honest, amongst the assembled media members in the stands watching practice, I was ribbing him at the start, you know, sort of questioning, look, Shea Patterson, really? But I think he did some things that were pretty nice today. I'm curious to see how that extends. And he does have a benefit of playing with Sean McKeon, a tight end for Michigan, who's a teammate. You know, he certainly has some familiarity with him. But I was pleasantly surprised by Shea Patterson today. Let's talk about the South QBs here for a moment. Justin Herbert, look, he looks the part, 6'6". Six, six. You know, maybe a bit of a thin frame, but he can certainly rip the football well, throws with great velocity. He talked about leadership during his media day portion of the proceedings. We're going to have some media day audio in a minute. But he talked about leadership, and that's one of the things he wanted to show this week. We'll see if that plays out. You do see it translate. I talked about... You know, Carson Wentz a couple of years ago, you saw the leadership quality. You saw it with Baker Mayfield a couple of years ago. We'll see if you start to get a sense of Justin Herbert taking on a leadership role. But I do think that he had a very good start to the week. Um, certainly threw the ball with zips, some slant routes, some in-breaking routes, threw them really well. You know, he had some deeper routes down the field, some vertical stuff that he threw well as well. And I think, you know, Justin Herbert had a pretty good start to the week. Jalen Hurts is going to be interesting. He's going to be a very interesting evaluation. I talked about how some people are trying to compare him to Lamar Jackson already. I'm very wary of that comparison. You know, the main sort of, not the main, but one of the concerns I have with Jalen Hurts is when he starts to move in the pocket because he's so athletic, that transition from passer to runner and back sometimes doesn't happen as quickly as it could. And I was fascinated to see early in that portion of the practice, working on footwork drills and exactly that, moving around in the pocket, keeping the eyes downfield and making that transition from passer to runner and back. And he handled that pretty well. He was also very good at some downfield throws. He had some nice throws in the vertical passing game, some of which I highlighted in the piece I wrote over at Pro Football Weekly, recapping the quarterbacks at practice. And so I think 
What's going to be interesting with him is the process and speed because he was very slow and deliberate at times. And there were times when he would either double clutch on throws, sometimes on routes versus air, and you're double clutching. That's a bad look. You know, if it's it's one thing to sort of double clutch on a seven on seven on a team, especially early in the week when you're still getting a feel for these routes and these receivers and the coverages and the playbook and things like that. But routes versus air, and ball's got to come out. And so the process and speed part with him is something I'm going to be keen to watch over the next couple of days. Finally, Steven Montez. Uh, from the University of Colorado. Bit of an inconsistent tape from him and a bit of an inconsistent day. He can throw the ball well, does have some good velocity at times. He can rip some throws to the boundary. He's thrown some deep out routes on tape that have been impressive. But again, some hesitation, almost you can say methodical and deliberate going through his reads at times. Now, if that improves over the week, that will be a great sign. But again, with this being a baseline day, if it stays that way, that's not something I'm going to be excited to see. And so, you know, that's a quick look at the quarterbacks. Up next, I spent the rest of my day really focusing on the tight ends. I'm going to talk about some of them. That's ahead on episode 68 of the Sco Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 68 of the Sco Show. And I'm going to tee this up now. I'm talking about Adam Troutman from the University of Dayton. And similarly to the media day, I mean, to the weigh-in portion, it's hard to really declare a winner of media day but a guy that would be in the running if you were going to give out such an award might be Troutman. He was a fantastic guy to talk to, fantastic interview. And I'm going to play just a bit of his media day podium portion because I think you'll like it too. Thank you. appreciate that. How do you balance that kind of course load with football preparation? Uh, time management. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough, but um, I mean, we have kids on our team that do it and mm-hmm. academics and athletics, a couple of dealers, so stressed at Dayton. Um, and, I mean, our team GPA is a 3.3. You don't find that really anywhere in the country. Um, and everyone does such a great job, uh, support staff and everything. So, so yeah, it's, it's definitely doable, but you have to put your mind to it. I mean, 30 hours of class and studying on top of 20, 30 hours of football a week. So, right. I mean, it's tough, but you can definitely do it. It's manageable. Adam, uh, being a former quarterback, how does that help you be a better tight end? Uh, mentally, really. Uh, that's, that's what I noticed in the switch. Right when I did it, just knowing what's going on, the tilts in the defense, picking up blitzes, um, I mean, it helps It helps immensely. And, and once you figure out the game and it slows down for you, athletically, you can just take it over. Totally. And who are some of your favorite tight ends that you like to model your game at? Um, I mean, I would love to be exactly like George Kittle. Uh, <laughs> just, a, just a relentless kind of approach to the game that he has, both in the run and the pass game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously he's so gifted uh, athletically in the receiving game, but his blocking is really what I admire the most about him. What do you think you need to work on most uh, to transition and be your best self in the NFL? Um, really, for me, it's just uh, consistency and, and not letting fatigue really take over technique discipline that I've been taught so well in college. And, um, yeah, I mean, blocking, obviously, technique-wise and everything. I'm always going to get after people and play my heart out. Um, but yeah, I'd say consistency and being able to do everything, every single snap, got him in there. Just take me back through that Jacksonville game. So a fourth touchdown, <laughs> set the career receptions mark. Mm-hmm. Just talk about that entire experience. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Really, it's just a. I mean, you obviously in the moment of the game, like I'm not a huge like records are cool and all, but I'm not gonna like really be like, oh yeah, like look at me kind of thing. Um, just my team, team, uh, team feel that I give off, but. But yeah, I mean, it was awesome. The, uh, and the, the, I mean, breaking the 
uh, career receptions record on that on that type of play. Uh, plays that I pride myself on like that, 50-50 balls and just big bodying people. Um, that was huge. And then, I mean, yeah, the the four touchdowns comes from great game planning and putting me, our coaches putting me in the right position. And then Dayton hasn't had a player drafted since 1977. So no. what would that mean to you to be the person that breaks that mark? It would mean uh, a lot. I mean, I, I love that school. Uh, every every scout I've talked to, everyone that, you know, people ask me, like, why didn't you grad transfer? Why did you end up at Dayton? And I tell them every time, like, I would do it over again. Like, I would never change where I went to school. Um, from football program and Coach Chamberlain and academically and socially, like, it's the greatest place on earth to me uh, up to this point. Um, but, yeah, it would mean it would mean so much. Good luck. Appreciate it. Thanks. Okay. Okay. What do you want to show here? I mean, do you, do you, is there a chip on your shoulder at all about being a small school guy and people oh, having doubts yeah. about the transition? To, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've, honestly, I've, I've told scouts, uh, they ask me that. I'm like, what are you here to prove? I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm here to prove that I'm, I'm the best senior tight end in the entire country and um, that I belong here and that asterisk next to my name of LOC level competition is uh, doesn't mean anything. Um, and, you know, I can play at this level and I belong and uh, that I can be successful. Were there ever any thoughts of transferring to a bigger school or leaving Dayton? Honestly, no. No. Maybe, like, initially a little bit, but, but no. I, I would never – I would have never even gone through with it even if I had the opportunity to, to be honest. I wouldn't have. What kind of high school quarterback were you? The style of play? Um, I was a pretty good passer, honestly. Okay. But I was I was a dual threat. I could run because I always had my athleticism. Right. So I would say I would say dual threat. Okay. Um, I mean, we did a lot of cool stuff my senior year in my offense too. Just me, like quarterback power, power quarterback counter, stuff like that, and then okay. obviously open up the passing game. But I could do both. A little bit of a Tebow thing sure. or a high school version or I mean, that's a good not way to not look the, at it. <laughs> no, yeah. If you want to, you want to saddle you that. with that, but no, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sure. What do you think your best usage is in the passing yeah. game? Is it more breaking tackles after the catch? Is it stretching the seam? Is it? High pointing 50-50 balls. I think I think it's uh, high pointing 50-50 balls is definitely a, definitely a strength, but I think it's just playmaking and, and uh, mismatching. Uh, you can, I mean, honestly, I'd prefer to be in line and get that linebacker or safety on me than be out with a corner. Not that I can't do that, and I believe myself I can do that, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's mismatching. Would you rather see a safety on you or a linebacker in terms of your game and how that fits to exploit that? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. But I, I mean, I can go out a corner too and. Sure, they're probably more athletic than me, but uh, size and, and wit and stuff, you can win out there as well. Okay. So you got to love seeing not just Kittle, but some of the things that the Ravens are doing. Now the tight ends are back in line. Oh, yeah. Instead of being all out in the slot all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's got to fit what you like to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. no, it's awesome to see. And most teams use that uh, use that 12 personnel now, the yeah. two tight end sets. So, I mean, yeah, no, tight end is a – Never, never went away, and it's it's <laughs> full for, out in full force now, and everyone's using it. And yeah, I'm definitely excited to go into the into the NFL at a time where uh, tight ends are at a premium. Your parents oh. coming down this weekend? Yes, they. Uh, I think they're here right now, honestly. Oh, okay. So yeah, they they came over, and they'll be here all week. So. What's it mean to have your coaches here? Oh, it means a lot. I mean, they've been such a huge part of my of my development as both a player and a person. Um, and just to show that they'll take time out of their, I mean, their busy schedules, especially in the middle of recruiting season, to come down here and, and support me and get the experience for themselves too, it means a lot.
Adam, as a guy here from a small program, FCS, what are the specific things that you want to show the coaches when you get to do your reps on the field or in practice this week? Um, really my relentlessness and competitiveness in, in uh, every drill, every snap, every rep that I take, I have, uh, there's a certain type of intent that I do everything with. Um, you know, obviously, like everyone here is talented, but you have you have to find those things that give you that do give you that edge. Um, and I think mine's being relentless and competitive. What was that recruiting process like for you? A little different, I know. Than yeah, yeah, it was very different. Uh, I was a late bloomer, so at the end of my junior year of high school, um, I was like 178 pounds. Uh, I mean, I was probably around the same height I am now. But and we ran triple. We ran the triple option veer offense. In high school for those first three years, so no one wanted to take a chance, especially from where I grew up. You know, uh, competition level is not that high as up there as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone came in late, and I only had a few options really. So, um, but like I said before, I would not change where I went for the world. So, okay, one more minute, guys. What part of practice, in terms of reps, one-on-ones, what are you most looking forward to doing this week? Um, I would say the nine-on-seven, the inside run period. I mean that's that's my biggest that's what people think I can't do is block and, and that's what I'm out to prove. Uh, not only that I can receive, but that I can get my get my hands dirty, get my get my helmet in there, and uh, move people off the line of scrimmage. How, how good of an opportunity is this? You know, some of these guys have gone against first round draft picks oh, yeah. their career. Yeah. How good an opportunity is this for you, for yourself, but also the NFL team to see you going against? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's as close to the level of competition that I'll see at the next level um, that I've gone against two up to this point in my career. And it, it's, it's huge. I mean, I've been waiting for this ever since I got the invite. This is something that I've been looking forward to. Uh, I know that how big of a piece of value of this is in my evaluation um, as an NFL prospect. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm super excited for this opportunity and couldn't be more uh, thankful. You have to come in here with the same concept, confidence, and same mindset that you would in practice. Oh, kind of practice. absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very confident guy in my abilities, and I, I know how I've been trained. and. Um, my ability to just trust my techniques and what I've been coached. I've been coached the right way. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm just here to, to put on put on a show and, and show that, um, like I said, get rid of that asterisk of level competition next to my name. You mentioned George Kittle earlier, mm-hmm. and he almost seems to enjoy blocking and finishing a block downfield for a big run for a teammate, almost as much as a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's the same way where that... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, told, I've told scouts, I'm, I'm like, man, I'd rather put a put a dude on his back against his will and score a touchdown. Uh, honestly, yeah, 100%. That, that's the, I think that's the best feeling um, as a tight end in football. Okay, guys. There you go. There's some of the audio from Adam Trotman. And you look, as the former football player and, you know, myself, I'm fascinated by the asterisk idea there. He talks about it with respect to his recruiting process out of high school in northern Michigan. He talks about it now. People say, look, he playing against lower-level competition, and now he has to come to a place like Mobile and the Senior Bowl to sort of show what he can do in the National Football League. But having that sort of chip, look, we're all Patriots fans, or at least most of us listening to the show are Patriots fans, and we're seeing perhaps the end of a career made by a chip on Tom Brady's shoulder. Pick 199, sixth-round pick. Every team passing on him multiple times. I've joked before that if you get into an elevator with Tom Brady, how quickly does he point out that he was a sixth-round draft choice and pick 199? That chip on his shoulder, that asterisk, if you will, has helped make Tom Brady who he is. And who knows what lies ahead for Adam Trotman, but 
I was very impressed with some of what he said today. And also, look, the idea that his favorite thing to do is put a guy on his back against his will. I mean, that's pure football guy talk. But coaches and guys like me, look, we eat that stuff up. And he had a very good day, I think. He showed you that ability in the inside run portion of practice where he was able to move some guys against their will. He's able to twist some guys against a crease or a hole or away from a crease or a hole, excuse me. And so I was impressed with what he did. But he wasn't the only tight end that sort of stood out to me today. We'll start with some of the other teammates on that south roster, excuse me, that north roster. Um, I think a guy that really interested, and, and one of the beautiful things about a thing like the Senior Bowl is when you see a player that makes you want to go back and watch him on film, and that was Sean McKeon from Michigan for me because when I was watching the Michigan offense, he didn't really jump out at me, and maybe it's the benefit of playing at least with one familiar quarterback in Shea Patterson, but I thought he had a very good day. He ran a couple of really good post routes. He was moving well, um, seemed to hold up when he was asked to do some stuff in the blocking part of the game, both run blocking and a couple of reps, even you know one versus one pass blocking. And so I was impressed with what I saw. It makes me want to go back to the tape. I might not be excited about what I see there, but that's a pretty good job when you get somebody want to go back and look at your film. And I think he had a pretty good day. Another tight end that I'll talk about uh, from the North squad, and that's Bryson Hopkins from Purdue. And he's a player that I mentioned sort of in the pre-Senior um, Bowl week show sort of a red zone weapon for the Boilermakers. I was excited to see him on film, excited to see him down here, and some of that translated as well. The ability to move around, the ability to run some different routes, get some releases, um, work over the middle of the field. He had a very nice sort of shallow crosser um, on a boot action play, another slam route as well on a boot action play. Showed the ability to sort of be a mismatch type of guy. And so I think he had a pretty good day as well. Um, another good tight end. We'll see how he fares over the rest of the week. He did have one drop on sort of a curl sit route versus air, which you know you didn't like to see. But you know Troutman had a drop on the same route the rep prior, and so sometimes it happens. So you see how the hands sort of hold up over the rest of the week. But I was impressed by what I saw from Bryson Hopkins from the South tight ends. Again, an interesting group. I'll start with Sullivan, Stephen Sullivan, the kid from LSU. What was interesting was I got a chance to talk to Seth Galina. Um, who's down here for the senior bowl, who covers LSU. I asked him at length about Sullivan because it's interesting. You know, was it a situation where they just couldn't get him on the field? They didn't figure out how to use him? And I think it was in a sense, as Seth told me, it was twofold. You know, one, you've got Thaddeus Moss at tight end, who's a fantastic talent. So it's hard to play, you know, Sullivan over him. And they played so much 11 personnel anyway, where they're only using one tight end. So Moss is going to see the field. And then are you going to take you know a guy like Chase off the field and put Sullivan at the X receiver? So because of the talent on LSU, you know, and the fact that they were primarily an 11 personnel team, there weren't a lot of reps to go around for him. But it does sort of beg the question, like Seth told me, if they couldn't figure it out at LSU, couldn't they figure out? Can they figure it out for him in the NFL? Now the one thing that works in his favor is there are a lot of teams that run multiple tight end looks you know, 13 personnel, 14 personnel. And so I think a team's going to like him. I think there will be a home for him in the National Football League. And I think he could be sort of a mismatch type of guy. So Sullivan, somebody I'm very, very excited to watch over the next couple of days. Another tight end on the South roster, Javar. Um, Jared Pickney, excuse me. You know, he's more of a big body type guy, blocking type guy. And he did that extremely well during the Tuesday practices. I want to see him get involved more in the passing game over the next couple of days, but I thought he handled that portion of practice really well. I, I, I think he could step in right now and be a pretty good blocker 
um, for a National Football League team. And the other tight end to mention, Harrison Bryant from Florida Atlantic, moves well, catches the ball well, um, showed some strength at the point of attack in the run blocking game, the ability to twist guys away from his crease or his hole. I was impressed with what I saw from him there. I think he has good footwork, good releases off the line of scrimmage, and I think he fared pretty well. You know, and I got a chance to hear some of his media portion and you know, really liked what I heard there. And so I think, you know, if you're a New England Patriots fan, you know they have to address the tight end position. I think you should be happy with what we saw, at least from the first two practices here down at Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Now, obviously, there's a lot of work left to be done, a lot of more film left to be watched. But I think some of these guys got off to a really, really, really good start. So that will do it. For today, that will do it for episode 68 of the SCO Show. I will be back sometime Wednesday with a recap of the Wednesday shows and some more audio and stuff like that. Until then, friends, please keep on blessing that Patriots reign down in Foxborough.